Do you ever wonder why you can't understand exactly what English speakers are saying? Well, it's because you probably learned textbook English. In this lesson, I'm going to interpret the textbook phrases that you learned in your English class, and I'm going to tell you exactly what native speakers would say instead of these very rigid academic phrases. So let's get started. I'm going to teach you the natural English phrases. This is my reliable choice. This is my go-to. If you want to say that you really like something and you tend to always choose it because it's such a reliable choice, the natural phrase to use here would be to say that something is your go-to. So for instance, my go-to outfit in the morning, if I'm not going to work or anywhere else, is probably just leggings and a sweatshirt, just so I'm comfy and I'm warm. But my go-to show would probably be The Office. I love the American version of The Office. It's so funny when I don't feel like choosing a new show, it's just my go-to. Maybe you have a go-to meal or you have a go-to book that you like to read. Just something that you constantly choose because it's so reliably good. You can continue. Carry on. When someone wants to say that you shouldn't stop or they don't mean to interrupt you, instead of just saying, keep going, they'll say, oh, carry on. It's almost a very polite phrase that means like, sorry to interrupt, keep going. Or if someone pauses while they're giving a presentation, you could say, oh, please carry on, don't stop. Can you please make me some food? Can you please make me something to eat? Americans more commonly will say, make something to eat rather than say, make food or make a meal. When you say that you want to make something to eat, it just is a really casual phrase that means make some food. If my children are hungry, they almost always say, mom, can you make me something to eat? This could be a snack or it could be a meal. I'm going to let you convince me. I'm gonna give in. This phrase is really useful. If you want to say that someone's kind of convincing you to do something or they're convincing you to believe their opinion, you could say, I'm going to give in. If a kid asks you for a cookie again and again and again, and originally you say no, but then the kid says, please, I'll be really good. You can say, fine, I'm going to give in and give you the cookie. So it just means you're going to be convinced and you're going to let go of your first opinion or what you wanted to happen. I'm going to quickly make some mashed potatoes. I'm going to whip up some mashed potatoes. If you want to say that you're going to cook something very quickly, you might want to use the phrase whip up. You'll hear American English speakers say this all the time. I'm going to whip up some mac and cheese. I'm going to whip up some pizza. It just means you're going to cook something very casually. You know, it's not a very fancy meal and you're going to cook it quickly. Here is the gossip. Here is the word on the street. Gossip can be very toxic. So there's a lot of different ways in English to say like, here's some gossip or here's some secret. You might hear someone say, here's the word on the street. So it's a very idiomatic phrase. There's no real street. It's not literal. But if a lot of people are talking about something or sharing a secret or some information about someone, you might say, it's the word on the street. That means it's not official, but it's just gossip right now. It's what everyone is saying. You want to understand. Well, it's over your head. If you want to say that someone would not understand something because either they are not smart enough or they're just not knowledgeable on a subject, you could say this is over your head. So sometimes when children are young, a lot of jokes and movies 
will go over their head. It means they won't understand the jokes because they're too mature. You can also use this phrase if you really don't understand something and you want to say, I just completely didn't understand that. I'm not smart enough or I'm not knowledgeable enough. You can say that totally went over my head. Can you explain that simply? I got lucky and I found this cool thing. I came across this. When someone finds something that's very unique or very useful and they weren't deliberately searching for it, which means they weren't really trying to find it, they just happened to find it, they can say that they came across it. So you could say, I came across this really interesting piece of information. That means you found it in a book or you found it online, even though you weren't searching for it. It's just a good way to say that you found something by chance. I have to spend a few minutes studying to understand this. I just have to take this in. When someone tells you a lot of information and you can't quite understand it at first, or maybe it's just something that's very big news or very, you know, life-changing news, you can say, I just need a minute to take this in, or I'm going to take it in. This just means I kind of got to study the information, or you just really need to think about it to really understand what it means to you. I'm going to take it in. We lost all of our progress. We have to start over. We're back to square one. An idiom that almost all American English speakers would know is to say, we're going to go back to square one. When you say that you're going back to square one, it means that you've lost your progress or you just need to go all the way back to the beginning, you know, to redo something. So when I was in college, before there was Google Docs and things like that, you know, we would save our written essays and papers on our computer. And if for some reason our computer broke, we'd be back to square one if we didn't have an extra copy of the document. I'd say I lost all of my progress. I'm back to square one. That just means I have to start over again. And I like to think of square one as being back at the beginning of a board game. Like think of Candyland. If you have to go all the way back to the beginning, you're on the first square of the game. I don't want to let them know this. I don't want to let on. If you let on to a secret, or some information that you're trying to keep secret, it means that you are starting to hint at something or you're kind of revealing your secret. One year I had a surprise birthday party for my husband and I didn't want his friends to let on to the surprise. I wanted it to be a surprise until his birthday. So I told everyone to keep it a secret and I made sure that nobody texted him about it and everyone knew it was going to be a surprise because I didn't want to let on that there would be a party on that day. That was really poorly planned. That was ill-conceived. So this prefix ill, it means poorly or bad. So obviously if you feel ill, you feel sick, you feel poorly or bad. If you add ill to a word, ill-conceived, it means it was poorly conceived or it was not conceived in a good way. So if you say this plan was poorly conceived, it means that we did not plan this event or this idea very well. For instance, if I was having a surprise party for my husband and I asked my husband to go get balloons and a cake, he might know that there is a surprise party. So that would be a poorly conceived plan or an ill-conceived plan. So this phrase ill-conceived is very common to use instead of saying it was poorly planned. You'll hear both of these phrases, but just be really aware of 
the phrase ill-conceived because it's such an advanced English word, but it's really useful. Thanks again for studying with me today. I hope that you guys learned lots of new natural English phrases that you'll actually understand now in your English conversations. Make sure to subscribe to the channel and leave me a comment with your favorite phrase from today's lesson. I'll see you guys in the next video. Goodbye.